0: To another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Uh, this is your boy Ja.
1: Hey, you know, do go over here. What's going on, folks?
0: And we're just coming off the heels of some breaking news. Uh, James Robinson, former running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, has now been traded to the New York Jets. I repeat, James Robinson has been traded to the New York Jets. That's earth shattering, groundbreaking. If you have James Robinson, you are happy as hell. Listen. We know Brees Hall just suffered that, you know, super brutal ACL injury. It sounds like he might have some meniscus work in there, too. Uh, So we would assume that somebody like James Robinson is going to come in. He's going to take over those rushing uh, rushing snaps. And, you know, he's probably going to step in at somewhere between 12 to 15 touches. Dugo, Robinson on the Jets now. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, dude, I mean, <clears throat> as far as a fit, I feel like it is a pretty good fit. I mean, having a two uh, running backs for that system definitely fits the what they want to do, I feel like. Uh, as far as, like, looking at, like, where you think everyone is going to necessarily play, you would assume that at this point Michael Carter is probably going to take over that Brees Hall-type role that he was establishing for himself. Yeah. And James Robinson, at least in my opinion or at least the way I look at it, would probably be like, uh, you know, the second down or uh, the second back, probably third down, stuff like that. I'm assuming he's probably a little bit more stout with pass uh, blocking,
0: etc.,
1: mm-hmm. etc. So I think James Robinson's definitely going to edge himself out a role here for this Jets team. Uh, but, you know, overall, I think that if you do have uh, Michael Carter, as much as it does suck seeing a prolific running back like James Robinson come onto the Jets, I think you should still be looking for some good productivity for him. Uh, if you had him, obviously you're probably thinking, oh, damn, he's going to be my RB2, whatever. I still think that uh, both James Robinson and Michael Carter, maybe not James Robinson right away this week, but I think that both of these guys should be flex opportunities for sure going forward.
0: I like it. I like it. And, you know, obviously we're starting to get more uh, more news about what the trade or what the trade exactly was. And it looks like it's a conditional fifth-round pick for James Robinson, so... Not a ton of investment on part of the Jets, but you can definitely, you know, expect him to get more run this year. I like it. I got James Robinson probably as a n- high-end RB two moving forward.
1: That's an interesting, uh, I guess, placement. I would say, I would say probably towards my higher end of uh, RB three, honestly, in my opinion. Okay. I think he's gonna be getting some carries. I don't know if it's gonna be consistent like that. Uh, That's why I think it's going to be worth the flex play just because it seems like the Jets have been down in the goal line more and more the season. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like there's going to be opportunity for James Robinson because he has a bigger body back to get uh, some of those vulture touchdowns and stuff like that. But getting off the Jets in that uh, sense of the trade, what do you think about Travis Etienne? Obviously, he's going to be prolific now that he's basically absolute RB1. There's no RB1B or anything like that anymore on that team. How do you think he's going to go with this trade?
0: Where would you have ranked Travis Etienne two days ago?
1: Uh, So I guess I probably would put him... I'd probably have... Uh, Travis Etienne, top 25 RB uh, before the trade. Okay. After the trade, I'm honestly looking at, like, RB 15 uh, and going up and up from that. He's
0: a top 10 running back for me. You think so? Before Why? Before the trade, I probably had him in that top 20-ish rank, you know, somewhere around RB 15-ish. Okay. But, like, when I think about the fact that James Robinson is out of there, so that's even more snaps and opportunity for him to take over. Okay. I'd assume they'll get someone like a hasty Hasty. Uh, to step up and kind of, you know, maybe take some of those goal line touches and,
1: sure, yeah. you
0: know, other touches that James Robinson might have held. But I see Etienne getting a larger work share. Dude, he's going to be beastie, bro. He's going to get a ton of receptions. He was already averaging somewhere around nine to 10 rushing attempts per game. I think with James Robinson out of the fold, you can maybe expect him to see an extra three to five. He's averaging around six yards per carry. So if he's getting 13 touches a game, then every week you can, you know, comfortably I guess rely on something around 80 yards. Receiving wise, we know what he can do. He's explosive, he has soft hands. Uh, he's getting around three catches a game. I see that sticking around that number maybe 3 to 5. But regardless if my man is averaging let's say 110, 120 all purpose yards every game and he's getting you 10 to 12 points without even, you know, seeing those touchdowns, the weeks where he has touchdowns are going to be weeks in which I mean, you should be closer to being guaranteed a victory, at least. I like Etienne a lot. He's in my top ten. Um, if you got him, you hold him, you don't trade him. And I think that he's going to be in a lot of uh, championship winning rosters this year.
1: Yeah, no doubt, man. And, I mean, let's. Uh, there was another running back duo that we were talking about earlier this season. That being... Uh, Who's that? I mean, we talked about them, I think, before. But Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker... Bro, Kenneth Walker is absolutely popping off still. Like, it's getting kind of ridiculous. Like, we kind of knew going in that he was going to basically just jump in and all systems go. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look at what he's doing. I mean, he was the first uh, rookie running back for the Seahawks to ever surpass 100 yards rushing in a game. And he did that last week, and, goddamn, he did not uh, 74 of those yards alone on one run. Like, the guy is an absolute beast. Like, the guy is a maniac. Uh, do you think that his stock obviously just has to keep growing going forward, right?
0: This dude is one of the best running backs in the in the league right now.
1: Right,
0: it's incredible, bro. In the last two games, he has over two hundred and fifty yards mm-hmm. on the ground. Right, two games, he's getting all the opportunity. He's a beast. Once again, another guy with high draft capital. He's a touchdown machine. This offense wants to run the ball; they will run the ball. He has four touchdowns over the last three games. Looking forward, his next three weeks are going to be a little bit tougher. He plays the Giants, he plays the Cardinals, and he plays Tampa Bay, okay. uh, who are all you know top half of the league in terms of playing against the run. <sighs> I like Kenneth Walker a lot. I think that he's good enough. He's going to see enough opportunity to overcome a lot of those matchups. Definitely. But I got Kenneth Walker. Maybe around my RB7, 8, or 9 range.
1: I like that placement for about, him, man. What I, about you? Well, I mean, I feel like he has to be around that same area. I think absolutely inside the top 10 for sure. I mean, the guy looks like he's able to do just about... And obviously, you need a line to run the ball. But mm-hmm. he looks like he has the ability to, you know, make up for mistakes that maybe the line would uh, may, or miss and stuff like that. So. Yep. I just think that of Walker, there's just something special about him. So, definitely going forward, he has to be within your top 10.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I know that you're a huge rider of this guy's dick and everything like that. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. But whoa, uh, whoa, I, whoa, I need you, I want
1: to hear your reaction about Miko Harmon and his three touchdown performances last weekend, man. Obviously, you love this guy. He's a great athlete, but three touchdowns, that's
0: huge. First off, I don't ride nobody, dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, two, yeah, Miko's going to. He went crazy. He had three touchdowns. He had three touchdowns. That's my dog. I don't know what else to say, man. Like, I I told you guys going into the year that Miko Hartman was somebody that I liked. He was somebody you should keep an eye on. He was the only wide receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs that had been there last year. Right? You saw Sammy Watkins leave. You saw all the other guys leave. And you saw Juju, MVS, Sky Moore all have to get integrated into the offense. Whoa. Miko Hartman is that guy to where, bro, he only needs one play to kind of break the game open for you, and he got three of those on Sunday. Last Sunday, he had two rushing touchdowns, and he had one receiving touchdown. That felt like light work. They used him as a gadget player, which is the best way to use him. He's a smaller guy, around 5'9", 5'10", game-breaking speed. He runs somewhere around like a four three three forty. And once again, he has tenure in the offense. Right. He was drafted in 2019 to be the heir apparent to Tyreek Hill. That was always the plan when they took him in the second round of the 2019 draft. Now is that time for him to shine? He's in a contract year. He's playing on an offense where people are still getting integrated. Sky Moore ain't done worth the shit this entire season. And to be honest with you folks, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I'm not rostering Sky Moore in any league right now, unless there's an injury to maybe Mikul or MVS. He's not really on a. He's not on my list of people I want Ross with this season.
1: No, I I. I agree with you I'm Sky Moore right now. He just kind of seems like more of a liability or he's, like you said, getting in and integrated into the offense. So I really don't know if that's uh, that's the best roster move. I, I think Miko Harman though, man, like he, leading up to this game, he had back-to-back double-digit games. That's why I picked up this guy to begin with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Week 7, he absolutely pops off. Next week, he is on his buy. So, you know, yep. it might be a good opportunity because a lot of people are going to be dropping him. If you want to try to pick him up and just roster him, if you think that he's going to be absolutely just popping off the rest of the year. He might pop off. You know, like, he has some relatively easier defenses, in my opinion. Like, he has the Titans next week. The Jaguars, I mean, they're pretty good on defense, but, I mean, they have some holes as well. Chargers have been exposed. Rams have been exposed. The list goes on, folks. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you need someone that you want to be rostering that – could possibly have a you know let's let's be honest is he gonna have another 26 point game this year probably not i don't know can he can consistently get you some points it's starting to look like it so he's rostered in 28 percent of leagues as of right now in sleeper let's go out there folks let's get some miko stock because he might actually be worth it and that's the biggest surprise i thought i'd be saying this year
0: yeah for sure and just for reference last thing about miko is that on the season, my guy's ranked number 34 in terms of all receivers. So he's roughly around kind of like that RB3, or I'm sorry, he's roughly around wide receiver three flex range. Uh, You got to keep in mind, two games, he wasn't really relevant because of a heel injury. Right. So he kind of took those games off. He was used more so as a decoy. But as of the last three games, I mean, my man has been terrific absolutely terrific man like 10 points against vegas 11 points against the bills 26 against the san francisco 49ers right the reoccurring theme is that when the other team has a decent db1 to cover up on juju even though the niners didn't really do that this game right but whenever they have a respectable pass coverage uh unit you know expect Miko to get get the ball Expect him sure. to be the open guy
1: yeah man i definitely agree with that well I want to transition to something that's a little bit more near and dear to our hearts, and that's the Green Bay Packers. So, ah, shit. You know, right yeah. now, it seems like they're just an absolute fucking dumpster fire, which absolutely sucks. And if you're a Packers fan, this is probably the biggest heartbreak that you've had with these guys since probably either, what, 2011 or something like that, where, you know, we could have went to the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. Or
0: like even
1: the 80s when they're an absolute dumpster fire then.
0: I bring it back to 2018. Yeah. Last it, last year with McCarthy.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's sucking right now, man. Right now, you know, I, like you guys have heard, I have Romeo Dubs in my team, and, you know, it's starting to become to a point where maybe I don't know if I should be starting this guy anymore because... He just had some really off games. He had zero points this week, put up an absolute donut. Mm-hmm. Week before, he put up four points, four points before that. Do you think that this is the time where you should probably start benching your Packers players other than probably Tonian and Lazard?
0: Uh, Lazard's shoulder injury. I saw him in a sling, apparently, this week. Okay. So as you guys are listening to this, you're probably you know getting tweet updates by the hour about Alan Lazard and his shoulder injury. I'm not rostering a single Packer player unless her name is Aaron Jones. I'm not starting a single Packer player unless her name is Aaron Jones. If I have AJ Dillon, he is borderline droppable. And I never thought I'd end up saying that at any point this season. But AJ Dillon has been absolutely fucking terrible.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, other than. He had a relatively decent game against the Vikings week one. But other than that, he's just been very slow to the party like it seems like they are integrating him less and less damn near or even when he does have the opportunity he's just not making anything of it which absolutely sucks it's a stinger
0: you know like he's a goal line back and we're not near the goal line often enough for him to be usable Right. that's really just what it breaks down to because you know Aaron Jones is the between the 20s guy but Dylan man if you have Aaron Jones you have to keep AJ Dylan if you have AJ Dillon, you have to bench him. Dropping him, I'm not there yet. I would give it maybe a couple more weeks because I do I do think that as the weather turns cold, frigid, we start to get snow, mm-hmm. uh, he might be a battering ram that we could uh we could use on a week to week basis just to wear down teams. But Pac Man, we gotta pick this shit up. I, I've never seen it this bad before.
1: For real.
0: I don't know if we're gonna trade for a receiver. I'd like to get DJ Moore, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's likely. Um but DJ Moore was another guy who had another another big week this week. Hey, if you guys are enjoying the episode, do us a favor and go ahead and give us a follow on whatever audio platform you're currently streaming on. It goes a long way towards supporting the show and it lets us know that you guys enjoy the content. Uh, back to the episode.
1: Yeah, man, that's huge. You know, let's head on west a little bit. There's been a guy out there that's kind of been surprisingly surprising me more and more each week, it seems like whenever he gets an opportunity. Mac Collins, the wide receiver from the Raiders, he put up another double-digit point game, and it seems like at this point, you might want to start thinking about rostering this guy. He's currently wide receiver 46. It seems like right now, he might be more useful on your team than, I don't want to say it, but a Hunter Renfro, maybe. Elijah Moore? What do you mean?
0: Is he more rosterable than Elijah Moore?
1: Well, maybe not Elijah Moore, because I did see a report that he's supposed to be playing again this week. And Elijah Moore, I think he is a guarantee wide receiver one or two on a on a team, unlike Matt Collins, where he's a wide receiver three. Though he is being utilized damn near. Like I see a what team.
0: you mean, like by the position they play, he's yeah prone to see more targets.
1: Right. So I just think, especially with Elijah Moore, I think that even though
0: I'd rather like, roster Matt Collins. Really? Like can you explain yeah. why? Because 100%. I mean,
1: I mean, the Jets. I feel like they 100%. are maybe more of a running team. But I think that Elijah Moore is still more, I just feel like his presence out there, I, I just respect it more than, I guess, Matt Collins as of right now.
0: Listen, the right thing to say is Elijah Moore. Like, maybe this is just a little bit high takeish of me. But just in reality, man, I don't, after this year, the weird year has been for fantasy. I've just given up on bad offenses that don't support the pass game. There's too many examples of the Atlanta Falcons, of the Tennessee Titans, of uh, the New York Jets, the Green Bay Packers. All these teams that are supposed to be great at passing the rock and uh, having explosive offenses, they don't have much to show for it in terms of fantasy. So I don't want to roster Elijah Moore after seven weeks of nothing. He's re- requested a trade. Mm-hmm. He could get traded. Who knows? But that's like a red flag situation. Those are the situations you typically want to stay away from in fantasy. Right. Those yeah. are the those are the bombs you try to avoid. Well, meanwhile, Mac Collins, he may not be a superstar guy, but he has usability. He's gonna have at least a few boom weeks. And in the cases where I need to have him as a flex, maybe that aligns with one of his with one of his boom weeks. Okay. And um, I think a week in which I get fifteen points from Mac Collins is better than the typical week-to-week basis of seven points from Elijah Moore.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at consistency, maybe Elijah Moore might be able to offer that to you. But, yeah, if you're looking for a complete, like, you need a boom from someone, yeah, it damn near might be Matt Collins. And I'm not afraid to say that. I mean, it seems like if you're looking for booms from the Jets, mm-hmm. it's most likely going to be the running backs just because it seems like that's just what their system is.
0: Yeah, we said James Robinson's going to come in there and he's going to be a dog. Right, right yeah be and, dog.
1: i mean when you're looking at what zach wilson does i mean last week he attempted 26 passes 121 yards through the air he didn't have any touchdowns or anything but they still put i mean they put up 16 points which isn't much but i mean still dude like it's, it's just,
0: uninspiring for me
1: it is i mean at least their pass offense but their rushing game dog like that's that's what it's all about
0: it is and that's fair enough too and um, speaking of, you know, running, receiving, running backs, wide receivers, I actually want to talk about quarterbacks more, too. Okay. Because last year, last week we gave some of our opinions on a few quarterbacks. And relatively speaking, I mean, quarterback was not a hot position last week. Right. There weren't a lot of great performances. We saw a big game from Andy Dalton, who had uh, over 30 points, which was nice in the Cardinals game. Hell yeah. Um, but last week it kind of was a reminder that passing this year sucks. Uh, there's not a lot of reliability out of quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and you never know what's going to happen.
1: Facts. I mean, I I started Daniel Jones thinking I was going to get about 20 points, and he ended up getting me 32, dude. Yep. Like, that's unreal.
0: That's a great game. And uh, I guess I wanted to prelude into the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, as you guys have heard by now, Matt Ryan is now being benched for Sam Ellinger. Yep. I hope I said that right. So that kind of changed the dynamic of the offense. Mm-hmm you would assume there's going to be more run, and you would assume there's probably going to be less pass. Who does this move affect the most on the Indianapolis Colts, in your opinion?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, I think it affects Matt Ryan the most. But I think if you're looking at the offensive weapons that they have, I would say, honestly, Jonathan Taylor would probably have to be the biggest bump in productivity from this. But honestly, I think that their tight ends probably see the most uh like boom from this like when you look at Moali cox and when you look at jelani woods mm-hmm. they both have had unreal games this year when they've been running the hell out of the ball because they're able to work off of the play action for sure so i think that if you're looking for some tight ends out there that you know maybe they just haven't been consistent for you mm-hmm. i would possibly pick up either one of those two Alley cox or jelani woods and just You know, they might sit on your bench this week, but I feel like what you'll see is they're going to see higher snap counts. And typically when that happens, when they can start to prove themselves a little bit more, they might be able to actually start getting more touchdowns like we've seen a little bit earlier in this year.
0: Facts. I like that, yeah.
1: I don't know. Obviously, I think that Michael Pittman's still going to be getting his shit off and everything like that. But, I, I mean, the week that Paris Campbell had, as huge as it was, I don't know how much more... Uh, if that's going
0: to be sustainable with Sam at quarterback.
1: I, yeah, I just don't know how sustainable... I was, I was
0: just thinking about that, too. Right. Because he was a waiver wire scoop for the last couple of weeks. He sure was, I'm yeah. At,
1: and you've probably gotten some really good value off of him, but I just think going into these next couple of weeks, it's just going to be a little bit hard for him to produce as well.
0: Oh, man, that's tough. Michael Pittman. I He's the target hog on this team. Uh, he's seen 25 targets over the last two weeks against the Titans and the Jaguars. Mm. I would assume typically when you have a new quarterback enter the system, they like to focus on their primary read, right. or the primary read is the guy who gets the ball the most.
1: Yeah, they make it as simple as possible. Simple
0: yeah. as possible. So the game plan now is just get Michael Pittman the ball.
1: Right. Or, yeah, or Jonathan Taylor.
0: This week against the Washington uh, Commanders, they're one of the worst teams in terms of defending receivers. If you guys use sleeper, this is a deep green matchup. The Washington Commanders are a team that probably could go ahead and uh, they could put up a fight against the Colts. I actually think the Colts win this week, just making a irrelevant prediction. Uh, but when I look at the game this week, I think that Michael Pittman does a little bit better than expected. Though he got ultra-targeted by Matt Ryan, he wasn't really super efficient for points. He had a lot of games with four, eight, six points uh sprinkled in between, uh, you know, a couple of big performances. But I think that Sam slightly boosts Michael Pittman's value. That's fair. So I got Michael Pittman as a guy who's going to see, you know, maybe around 10 to 12 targets, 7-8 catches, good for about 70-ish yards, and probably I see him, I see him trending get, towards getting more touchdowns because he only has one in the first seven weeks. I think that uh, the touchdown uh, regression starts trending, you know, in a positive direction.
1: Yeah, that's fair, man. And, I mean, yeah, I, I think that the Colts, I honestly, I think they're going to be bottom feeders the rest of the way through. So, I mean, when you're looking at their fantasy targets, probably not going to be getting a bunch of boom from these guys just because they aren't going to be scoring a bunch of points unless they get, like, a bunch of receptions and then, you know, obviously find the end zone that way, probably in garbage time. I mean, but gar- garbage time points are still points, right, folks? Yeah, so, points So, I mean, when you still have these guys out there, though they might meet, might not be booming right away to start the game, I mean, like I said, there's always those garbage time points unless, you know, if it's a total bust and Sam Ellinger just can't pass the ball to Michael Pittman or if the Jonathan Taylor experience with the line just isn't going to work this year, who knows? But mm-hmm. I think that you definitely still have some startable people on this team regardless of who's the quarterback.
0: Mm-hmm. Like that.
1: But you know who else I think is startable without the quarterback as well? Who's that? Someone that we talked about a shit ton during uh the off season, Greg Dolchich.
0: Oh so
1: a lot of people probably remember us talking about this guy. I mean he was that stud tight end out of UCLA that ultimately fell to the Broncos in the draft. Mm-hmm. But obviously he had some injuries coming into the season, wasn't able to start, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. This guy has popped the hell off the last two weeks. The first week he played, he had 11 points against the Chargers. This last week, against a really, really good Jets linebacker core, he put up another 8 points. I think that this guy definitely has to be considered at least a a starter going forward, I would assume, at least in your tight end role. Am I wrong?
0: I don't think so. I think he's the only offensive weapon that was drafted by the current scheme.
1: Yeah, and I mean, when you think about it that way, I mean, they're obviously going to want to integrate him more and more and make sure that, you know, they like what they see out of him.
0: Listen, I mean, when you really break that down, he's the only offensive player who catches or runs the ball mm-hmm. that was drafted by this Nathaniel Hackett scheme. Listen, when everything else is going wrong and you're trying to save your job in the front office— you got to at least make your picks look good.
1: Right, yeah. And, I mean, when you are starting to feed a rookie tight end nine targets a game...
0: Nine targets in the second game for a rookie tight end, that's not a mistake. Right. Like, bro, a rookie tight end in his second game mm-hmm. that was drafted in the third round just got nine targets.
1: Yeah, I mean, week before when he had 11 points, he only had three, so... And, I mean, even then, when his... uh,
0: But he got a touchdown first game.
1: Right, yeah, and his snap count did go down the second game, if you're looking at the sleeper app. But, I mean, yeah, still seeing, like, the nine targets. I can only imagine what his utilization rate was during that game. I mean, being out there for only 59% of snaps and seeing nine targets, that's huge.
0: He's one of the few bright spots on a bad offense. I like Greg Dolchich. If he's on waivers, you go pick him up right now. You leave him as your TE2. And uh, I promise you, you're going to enjoy those returns when they come.
1: Yeah, I agree
0: 100%. And as we head into week eight, we have two teams on by. We have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, so that means that you're going to have guys like Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Juju, Travis Kelsey, and so forth all on by. Um, so obviously, there are some guys on the market that we talked about earlier, like Sam Allinger. There's other guys like a Marcus Mariota, like a Jacoby Brissett that might be available for you.
1: Daniel Jones, if you're lucky.
0: If you're lucky. But losing those two teams mean that you're losing two top 10 quarterback options. And if you're looking for streamers, uh, this week, like I said earlier, man, I like Sam a lot Um, as a streaming option. I don't think that he's some guy who's going to pop out for like 30-something points. But I think he's good to get you, you know, 15 to 20, so replacement-level points. Um, as he lines up against the Washington Commanders.
1: Absolutely. If you get desperate enough, I think that David Mills against the Titans this week could be a pretty decent streaming play as well. I don't know how well the Titans have really been playing uh, pass coverage, so Mm -hmm. that could definitely be something that you could utilize.
0: If you're looking to cover your tracks, if you want to get somebody to play in place of Travis Kelsey, Harrison Bryant is a really interesting pickup at tight end. Uh, we obviously just got the reports that David Njoku is going to miss the next few weeks due to an injury. Uh, so that's probably going to mean more Harrison and Bryant targets. And, fun fact, or I guess, I don't know if this is a fun fact, but... If David Njoku's injury, for any reason whatsoever, ends up lingering longer than expected. So anything longer than four weeks. Deshaun Watson returns to this offense... You might get a week or two of Harrison Bryant as a primary option, catching balls from Deshaun Watson, depending on how long David Njoku's out.
1: That's facts, man.
0: That's going to be during a playoff push, and I think that Harrison Bryant, regardless of if you have Travis Kelsey or if you don't, really interesting stash. Facts. Keep it, keep an eye on that guy.
1: And if you do need a filler for, let's say, a Keenan Allen, Mike Williams and all that, he's going to be out for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I think that Marquise Goodwin from the Seattle Seahawks. Could be a good filler for you. I don't think that DK is going to be playing this week. It looked like that injury was a little more gruesome than uh-huh. just, you know, oh, I'm be, like, not practicing for a week. So I think that Marquis Goodwin, considering the week that he just had, it could be definitely a good uh, filler for you for any sort of wide receiver that you have out this week.
0: I like that. I like that. I think that, uh you know, lining up against, like, a Dory Jackson, you'll probably get someone uh, like Tyler Lockett, I would assume. Tyler Lockett's going to draw one of the top two DBs on the team.
1: Right. That being from the Giants.
0: Yes, from the Giants. On the Giants' defense. And so I think that Marquise Goodwin might, uh, you know, he could be a good option. He could be a good secondary read for Geno Smith, who just passes the ball to the open guy.
1: Right.
0: I like him, too. Uh, The Giants are tough matchups. That's obviously something you got to watch out for. And moving forward, let's actually talk about our starts of the week this week. So, starts of the week, as you guys know, is a segment we do, and we talk about the guys that we think can get you somewhere around 15 points for the week.
1: Woo! Jackpot!
0: So what I want to do is I want to talk about guys that, you know, we think have some high upside, have a high ceiling, and if you have them, you should play them. I know last week I told you to play Leonard Fournette. I apologize. Don't be mad at me. I want to say that I am accountable for my actions and for the things I say. And um, I will try to do better this week.
1: Yeah, same with me with the Hunter Renfro take. I definitely thought he was going to get his tardy. end up going to Matt Collins, like we said earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, start of the week for me for wide receiver. Uh, I think Tyler Boyd's going to have another game. Uh, obviously, we know if you go look at his stats, he absolutely just popped off against the Falcons. He's going against the Browns this week, which have another crappy secondary for the most part. Mm-hmm. So expect the third wide receiver to get a lot of looks again this week. Yep, And if you're looking at running backs, you're going to start them anyways. But Derrick Henry going against the Texans, that's going to be a huge game for him. I would expect, uh, let's be honest, I think about like 25, 30 points.
0: Nice. Okay. I see where you're taking the culture. All right. And so my start of the week is going to be uh, Panthers receiver DJ Moore. Okay. So as we saw, you know, Robbie Anderson got traded. CMC is out of there. I think one thing that we all left by the wayside and that we didn't take into account while we were all panicking about what the Panthers were doing is the fact that DJ Moore is going to step into a ton of more targets, like a lot more. Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson giving up their entire target share. And then you got guys like Terrace Marshall and Shai Smith and all these other guys who are going to have to step in. DJ Moore is going to be a target hog for the rest of the year. Look, they paid this man a ton of money. I think that he's going to be a centerpiece for... Whatever quarterback they end up uh, tanking for next year I could obviously, you know, jinx this And by the time this drops, DJ Moore could have been traded Which would be just my luck But assuming that he's playing for the Panthers this week uh, He's playing, lining up against the Atlanta Falcons Who just got ripped up by the Cincinnati Bengals Passing attack last week um, I think PJ Walker is going to target the guy Who made it work last week I see DJ Moore having another great week I could easily see him going for somewhere between, I don't know, seven, eight catches, 65 or more yards. I like the touchdown.
1: Yeah, I mean, DJ Moore definitely should be looked at. I, I honestly would say a top 10 uh, wide receiver going forward. I mean, like you just said, against his target competition at this point is just very minimal.
0: It's insane. And.
1: Yeah assuming that this player I mean is going to stay on the team it seems like all accounts say that he's going to be staying mm-hmm. I think he definitely should be like I said a top time wide receiver going forward just because of his you know activity ex- like what he can bring to that team is just immense
0: so yep. yep those facts well yeah we appreciate you guys for tapping in with us for another week um, hope you guys enjoy the games this week make sure you're following us on YouTube uh, follow us at fantasy football with gumbo. Uh, and get additional free content. We do a series called 75 Seconds. We'll be we going uh, break down players in 75 seconds or less. Uh, but we'll tap in with you guys next week. We might be dropping this a little bit earlier than normal. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll keep you guys updated moving forward. Uh, but my name's Ja.
1: Hey, it's Dugo. Make sure to uh, start some Greg Dolches this week, by the way.
0: Get them. Get him in there. Peace. <laughs> That is black